0: For thirty seconds or three minutes, whatever it is, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna believe they're right. I'm just gonna push the "I believe" button. And when you do that, what happens is you ask questions to learn more about where they're at and why they think that. And I I, and I think leaders aren't are not only are they not born, we're we're born anti leaders because you're born wired to want to be in control. So you have to fight that. So you have to act contrary because your instincts will be, you can't go crazy and just say, do whatever everyone, does. like. that's irresponsible. But when you're feeling that and you're feeling that sort of tinge of anxiety, then you're on the right track. If you're not feeling it, then you're too comfortable and you're not building a team.
1: How do you build a team of people who can think for themselves? This is Love Your Work, and I'm David Cadavy. I'm here to help you cut out the noise to focus. L. David Marquet had spent a year preparing to captain a submarine in the U.S. Navy, but at the last minute, he was assigned to a different submarine. Not only was it a different ship than the one he had prepared for, it was also the worst ship in its fleet. It was so bad. Only three men had reenlisted. Since David didn't know the ship, and since the situation was so bad, he had to try something different. Instead of using the leader-follower model, he started using a new leader-leader model. Instead of David giving orders, and instead of his men asking permission, he started empowering each sailor to think for himself. You may have heard Jason Freed on episode one recommend David's book, Turn the Ship Around. In it, David Marquet tells the story of how his leader leader model turned the USS Santa Fe from worst to first. The year after David took command of the ship, 36 men reenlisted instead of just three. In the decade following, 10 of those men would go on to become submarine captains themselves. David was in Medellin and I sat down with him to talk about this and more. How does the leader leader model save mental energy for everyone involved? How can you encourage your micromanaging boss, if you have one, to use a leader leader. And how did David go from being a submarine captain to writing a book that USA Today calls one of the top 12 business books of all time? How did he learn to tell stories? How did he actually get the writing done? And since this was a live interview, I was able to stream it on Periscope. And as Periscope goes, that video has now disappeared. But I was able to grab it and splice it together with the audio to make a nice video version of the episode is available to some levels of Love Your Work Elite members on their exclusive personal RSS feeds. To join Love Your Work Elite and get access to master classes, office hours with me, and early access to episodes, visit lywelite.com. That's lywelite.com. Here's David Marquet. Okay, so... El David Marquet. Yeah. What are you doing in Medellin? <laughs> why are you in Colombia? Why why I'm in Medellin? Because
0: uh, I knew a guy who knew a guy. <laughs> and um there's cool stuff going on down here. And they invited me down, and I'm spending a whole week. Brought my wife. I'm doing a keynote, then a whole day workshop, and then a um a luncheon, and there's a uh, there's a group in the city that is trying to create an entrepreneurial tech hub, and I'm helping. I want to help them because I think it's important.
1: There's something you hear about. You hear a lot here. Medellin is constantly kind of branding itself as it's like, oh, it's like the Silicon, going to be a Silicon Valley of yeah. Latin America. I probably have, I don't, I don't think anybody should try to be the Silicon Valley of anything, but they should be what they, what, whatever they are. Right. But, yeah, they're definitely putting a lot of effort forth. There's that think tank that you're working with and stuff.
0: Yeah, so I'm working, so my sponsor to bring me down here is a, is a, is a think tank, which is a, it's called Massive Action and Think Tank, M-A-N-T, and they refer to it as might, because apparently M-A-N-T in Spanish, when you look at it, sounds like might but M.A. Ampersand T, and it was co-founded by a guy who, who runs a very successful construction company, and he's dedicated to creating people who can make decisions, who are engaging their brains, who are breaking from the mold of the classical, hierarchical, you know, do what you're told, the jefe and everybody else, and they're really doing good things, and uh, it's my it's called Mike, M A N T. You guys can check them out, and I, it's it's pretty impressive. So that,
1: that's so you're doing consulting, like leadership consulting, with them. You're you're teaching them how to do, and we're going to get into like your leader leader yeah. model yeah. of of leadership. Yeah, and yeah. it's that's interesting because Colombia, as we were talking about earlier, is such like a hierarchical culture. It's so right. much. Right. like oh what the boss says right type of thing everybody it's a stead all the time <laughs> right. right 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 yeah and but you know it's not just colombia
0: i go all over the world and because work used to be about our hands we we come with like we come to work to do our jobs why do do is an action verb it's a, like we don't say i come to work and think my job Even though most of us actually think our jobs when we're at work, yeah, but it sounds weird because the language is captured by the past industrial age experience. So, what I think is, I think we we by default use this language, which is anchoring us in the ways of the past, even without even without really meaning to. I'll give you another example. Out in California, a tech company tech company was having a meeting with the entire company. Software company, 1,500 people. Guys are doing great, growing, whatever. You know what they call that meeting? An all-hands meeting. All hands, because... Because the hands are doing things. Yeah, because that's what it was. Like, all-hands was an old sailing ship thing from oh, right, yeah. hundreds of years ago, because that's what we wanted people for. We hired you for your hands. Another hand on deck, or yeah, you're one-handing a sailboat. Exactly. I know that from, from learning some exactly. But, it's about, but, but a tech company, no one's doing anything with their hands. They're not hired for their hands. I mean, they may do some typing. They're, they're typing, they're and typing but, mice mice. But it's because of this. But it's because the brain. Yeah. But we don't call it an all-heads company, or an all-brains, or an all-hearts company. We call it an all-hands company, yeah. because the language because we're just using the language that we know, which is the language of the Industrial Revolution. And so, and so. but I think that, that it also creates basically an anchor. It subtly kind of keeps us back in that thing, and we need to kind of deliberately break from those patterns and go to new language patterns designed for the kind of work that we want to do today. And it's a different language. So the way we approach leadership training... It's not like history class. I see a lot of people approach it like history. I'm going to teach you something and you'll know it. I don't think that's the right approach. The right approach is it's a language. I'm going to give you a few words and you're going to practice them. And then when you get comfortable with those, I'm going to give you a few more words. You're going to practice those. It's just like here. We're in Medellin. We've got to practice a little bit of Spanish. My Spanish is terrible. <laughs> yeah. But it's about practicing the language. And so, so we're teaching a new language of leadership.
1: The new language of interacting. Language is such a big part of the things that you're teaching in this book. Turn the ship around. Basically, you were a Navy captain of the worst submarine in in the fleet, and you turned it around through this leader-leader model that um, that is what you're teaching people now. Yeah, exactly. So I was super lucky
0: because the plan for me— was to go, was for a year had been to go be the captain of a different submarine, and I was all trained. I would studied the
1: ship, studied all of the like the, the piping every, diagrams, the wiring, everything all down. Everything I knew. I call it. And then your supervisor calls you and says, "Yeah, uh, yeah you're not going to go on that exactly. ship. You're going go on a different ship, which was a different kind
0: of submarine. And different kind of submarine. The Santa Fe was one of the newest submarines in the fleet, and so not only was there was this problem." The reason I went Los there was,
1: Angeles class submarine, yeah, improved Los Angeles. Class. Oh, improved yeah. Los Angeles. Yeah yeah, yeah, class. yeah, yeah. Oh, big difference. My right, Wikipedia need to go update update that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, yeah. So what happened was, so I call it no all tell all leadership. The leadership that I was trained in was the best you could be as a leader was to give really good and precise orders and have people follow them. That was like the five-minute mile of leadership.
1: But I thought it was... So how does anybody do that on a giant submarine? You've got to run all over these these tight hallways. That's the whole thing.
0: Well, because a lot of times it's through phones and what kind of thing. But that's why I had Uh, to... Comms. Yes, I had to go through this whole 12 months of schooling to learn the ship. So I go 12 months of schooling to learn Olympia. Even though I'd been a submarine officer for 15 years, right? And this. And so what happens is, I go to the Santa Fe. It's the worst ship in the fleet. Morale is terrible. We re-enlisted three guys in the last 12 months, which is like the lowest the Navy ever saw. And the and the guy who was there was quit. He resigned to nomás. And uh, that's very unusual for a submarine. The previous captain. Yeah, the previous captain. He was supposed to be there for another year. And so they. they I got airdropped in.
1: I. Wait, you were, you were airdropped like. <laughs> The the captain quit while the ship was in the middle of the, well no the sea not, or... not in the litter they were they were at port
0: but I got I, I guess it's possible like I'm just out, picturing you got a helicopter way. I could have gotten air in but I didn't I got I but they had two weeks I go over there and um, it's weird because you know. Like, the physics are the same, but the specific buttons you push and everything are different, and I gave an order, which couldn't be done, and the officer actually ordered it, and he said, I, and then when it came to the light that you couldn't be done. So, he said, well, like, you told me to do it, and so— As
1: had, I understand it, basically, this, this ship had four gears, yeah. and you're asking then the him to put it in the gear. fifth gear. Basically,
0: that was it. it was exa- that's all. Oh, wait, the- what was the reaction like in that moment? Uh, well, I was, uh, my reaction or the crew? Well, the, the, yeah, the crew's reaction. No, they expected to me to yell and scream and, like, blame people. And I was, and I had a momentary impulse to say, look, you guys, you guys, right? That's uh, always a good start. Like, mm-hmm. you guys need to speak up. You need to be proactive. You need to take initiative. If I say something and it's wrong, you, got, you need to, you know, push back on me. But the problem is...